Hey everyone, and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, and joining me as always is Tim. Come to daddy. <laughs> I was not prepared for that. <laughs> I was not prepared. Uh, the first time Tim did an awkward pause and he comes out with Come to Daddy. Uh, so, yes, uh, we're a horror movie podcast. We talk about horror movies every single week, uh, sometimes more than once per week. Uh, and this episode is going to be about horror comedy, black comedy, uh, whatever you want to call it. It's a movie called Parents, a Randy Quaid starring movie uh, about a young kid named Michael who, in suburbia, 1950s suburbia, it's just, basically it's suspicious that his parents are cannibals and is constantly scared of them and scared of what they're doing and it's a kind of, kind of a little trippy kind of bizarre quirky movie and uh he's constantly kind of just like being ultra aware of what his parents are doing and i, I think there's a lot of it open to kind of you saying well is there anything really going on or is this just a kid's imagination kind of turning everything into a, a horror story so that is that is, that's what we're going to talk about but parents will start spoiler free of course uh, and we'll give you warning in the middle of the show before we go into spoilers. Tim! First of all, had you seen this before? Is this a, was this a first time watch? Uh, no, I saw it uh, once before, probably a few years ago at this point. Okay, okay. Uh, so how did you feel about it then? What, what, what were your thoughts on parents? Not your parents, I... specifically. <laughs> uh, I really don't like this movie. Um, I... <laughs> oh! <clears throat> yeah, I, because I, I'd watched it before because I, I'd heard like, oh, yeah, it's a cult classic. You should ch check this out. I think someone had recommended it to me. And uh, I, I can appreciate what they're going for. I think it's an interesting idea. I think especially like, you know, it has that 1950s set setting, which is like the, you know, kind of like the leave it to beaver. Like, oh, everything's so, you know, perfect and squeaky clean. and But look at how like messed up it is underneath. And uh you know, I, I, I get that, but I just think when you watch it, just ultimately is really boring. I just don't really care about it. Like, it's just doesn't really do too much interesting stuff. Like, you know, in terms of a horror movie, I don't think there's like a lot of really cool horror parts to it. Like, definitely, you know, by the end, things start getting a little more interesting and intense. But up until then, I just really don't care about it too much. Uh, and I, I don't know. Watching it just doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> Well, I was not prepared for uh, such strong <laughs> emotions coming from a uh, little Timmy. Um, yeah. I, I think it's well, not the worst thing in the world, but it just it really like it's and it feels like a blank slate to me. It's just like, all right, hmm. I watched it, I'm done with it. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I I don't think I feel that strongly about it. Uh, for better or worse, I guess. Like, I, I don't feel strongly positive either. I, I feel kind of... Kind of like what you said, I appreciate what it's going for. I, I think there's some quirky charm to some of it. Uh, you know, it's funny, you, you brought up the whole, you know, squeaky clean, but underneath there's this horrible thing going on, which makes me think immediately of Blue Velvet. And it almost feels like a sort of... Oh, yeah. A kid <laughs> horror comedy version of Blue Velvet. And, and it did come out... That. It came out, like, what, two years after Blue Velvet? You know, it was, it was right after. So... Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Blue Velvet was actually one of the inspirations. Blue Velvet with a hint of Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> is, 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 that, is, that the, is that the idea? Blue, well, Blue Velvet, a hint of Texas Chainsaw, and I guess, you know, a kid's movie. I don't know. The Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> no, not the Goonies. It's only one kid. I think part of it, too, is it definitely sets your expectations pretty high because if someone told you, hey, there's a movie where Randy Quaid plays, like, a 1950s dad who is, like, secretly a cannibal and is, like you know son has to you know fight him off or, or whatever like that sounds like it could you know be like a, a pretty crazy fun but yeah when you when you watch it it's like a little more tame like a, a little like you know tri kind of trippier as you said like it is 
um, like uh, maybe a little bit more of like a slow burn and stuff. It's not uh, as like balls to the walls crazy as uh, I would kind of think it you know I, would be. I think the word you used there that I would I would definitely agree with is tame. If you because I, I like I was kind of into it at the start and they were moving in and the kids kind of always zoning out and really like because he's immediately suspicious of his parents. He's, he's not like he's happy with them at the start. He's already kind of this weird kid who's not really yeah. taking in what they're saying and he's kind of looking off into the distance and which is you know partly why one of the reasons you could be th- one of the things you could be sort of thinking and debating in your head throughout the movie is like is any of this real or is it all just his like wild imagination kind of thing but i feel like i was into it at the start but i, I kind of kept waiting for it to like kick into high gear i can't I, you know i was wanting it to escalate yeah. throughout the movie and i don't ever really totally. feel like it you know like because he, he walks in his parents and they're doing something suspicious and it's like, oh, okay, all right. So we're starting to tease out that they're up to something. And but I felt like the movie kind of did that for like, you know, the movie's eighty minutes long. I felt like almost an hour of the movie was just that, sure, on repeat almost. Totally. Uh, where where I never really felt like it was like you know going up to the next level and doing something wacky or crazier. And I think that's the biggest problem with it because the ending's fine and the you know, the, yeah. the the various pieces are fine. You know, the the cast are are solid enough. Um, yeah. I kind of like the tone that it's going for. I I, I just kind of wish it was a bit more, uh, had a bit more teeth to it, I guess. Totally. Interestingly, this was in the UK. This was rated an 18. This was like a hard 18 really? in the UK. I, I, I wonder if the cannibalism was just, just a, a subject where the UK sense was like, nope, this is a adults yeah. only. Yeah. It's a little too close to home. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. You, you, your country has the south and you, you're you're telling me that the uk has cannibalism how dare you this is true just just uh roving bands of uh you know texas chainsaws all over the country there is texas chainsaws there's guys in straw hats like you know churning a piece of hay that are definitely cannibals that's just you know hey ed Gein was american do you, know, do you know how many serial killers America's had compared to the rest of the planet? Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, Ed Gein, Ted Bunny, Jack the Ripper. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not saying the rest of the planet doesn't have any serial killers. I'm just saying <laughs> the U.S. has a particularly high portion of them. So uh, I just, I just think it's, I always think of. Uh, <laughs> this always makes me laugh. One time I was at the, I think it was just like Best Buy or something, and I, I saw they had like a DVD. It was like a. It was like a two pack or something, and it was the name was something like America's most notorious serial killers. And then, like, I looked on the back, and it like, had like listed all the people that they talk about in the movie. And like, the first one was Jack the Ripper. I'm like, <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> yes, yes, the notoriously, you know, Milwaukee <laughs> Jack the Ripper killed kill people in Milwaukee and maybe a little bit in Massachusetts, but that's about it. That's about it. <laughs> If they ha- I, I could have bought it if they said it was like uh, New Jack the Ripper because you know we have New York versus York sure you know yeah <laughs> New England New Jack the Ripper <laughs> yeah there you go what's the um uh, shit I'm, I'm trying to think uh, the, the New York Ripper that, what's the, that's the movie <laughs> I'm thinking of New York Ripper yes yeah that's a solid movie <laughs> what's funny is I feel like I was trying to say in my head what's a more American name but I feel like Jack's already a pretty American sounding name <laughs> sure yeah. I, I wouldn't associate Jack more with England than I do I do with the US yeah I guess um, uh, something like Tex yeah <laughs> Tex the Ripper Ford the Ripper 
Oh, we could start franchising this out. We could go to like you know Paris. We could have like uh, uh, what's the French name? <laughs> I'm blanking on French names. Uh, Jacques Chateau. Jacques the the, the ripper. Jacques, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, and then you just do each country gets their own ripper, and then eventually they have to have some Avengers esque uh, coming together. And then <laughs> and then you go to Australia, and it's Burger King the ripper. Oh, there you go. That's pretty good. Instead of Hungry Jack. <laughs> I get you. That uh, was a layered joke. I, people better give me points for that in the comments. That's all I'm saying. I liked it. Eventually, uh, you'll get like some something on the moon or Mars. The Mars Ripper. <laughs> there's, there's no names I associate with Mars as of yet. We don't have any Martians. <laughs> Zoltar, Zoltar the Ripper. There you go. Zoltar, John Jones. <laughs> John Jones. There you go. John the Ripper. That's what it says French, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh dear. Um. So anyway, back to parents, Tavi. Parents. Yeah. You want to talk about the movie? I know you do. You uh, I don't know. It's uh, this one is kind of a tough one. Like I don't know. Like I really don't feel like i have like too much to say about it <laughs> like I, uh, I have to admit i feel the same because I, as i was watching I, I got to again about like that hour mark and it's only eight minutes long there's 20 minutes left and i'm i was sitting there thinking as i was watching i'm like i don't know how much i've got to say about this i don't know how much I, like there's to talk about so far because it kind of feels like it's doing the same things on repeat yeah it's not like there's like that many kills or something like where you can be like oh well at least it was cool like you know this one part uh will that happen or whatever it's like yeah, there's not really that many characters, and yeah, I, I guess most of the horror is like from the kid kind of, you know, watching his parents and this, you know, his point of view just kind of having these kind of trippy, like, oh, it, you know, is that human me or is it not or whatever, and I don't know. Yeah, I because I, I like I was kind of into the idea that none of it was real and it was just him making up stuff because they kind of set up like the, the mom goes to the guidance counselor at one point and she uh, or the social worker it is. And the social worker asks, like, hey, like, the, the, you know, the, the, does your son Michael have a good relationship with his father? And she's like, oh, yes, yes, uh, very, very strong. And he's like, oh, what do they do together? Oh, many things. Oh, can you name some? Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather not. I'll just leave it at many things. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, right. So they're setting up the kind of the relationship with the father. And, you know, it's kind of a metaphor. And that's kind of cool because that, that, that's really, you know, horror movies work at their best when they're doing stuff like that. So science fiction, too. But, like, it never really, like, I guess you can still apply the metaphor by the end, you know, because, I mean, I can't get into spoilers yet, but, like, it still kind of works, I suppose, but it just, I don't know, because a lot of the movie, like, he kind of befriends the, the, the daughter of uh, the dad's boss, so he, oh, gets, yeah. he gets, like, a little partner in crime, but they have kind of this weird relationship, which, it makes sense, because he's supposed to be kind of socially awkward, but she's kind of odd, and but it was kind of tied into the themes, because one of the things that he walks these parents in, in doing is, is having sex, right? I, I early on thought, okay, what if the cannibalism is just his way of processing the horrible thing that he saw, which was his parents having sex? Like, that's, like, how True, his mind's yeah. processing it. Because, you know, like, the face is kind of red, but it's like, is that smeared lipstick or is it blood because they've been eating, you know, raw meat, like animals? Right. I mean, if there's anything that uh, Christmas Evil has taught us, it's that, you know, nothing can, uh, you know, mess up a child more than watching... Uh, 
you know, their parents <laughs> having sex, uh, specifically if they're dressed up like Santa Claus. Or even Saturday Night Deadly Night. I mean, even that was a, a sexual uh, murder encounter with a, yeah. a, a crazy Santa Claus. Yeah. I um yeah so 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 the 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 the, the, the friends the, the, I love the, the idea of like I saw my parents having sex so now I must kill. <laughs> That's a hell of a name for a book. <laughs> hell of a name for a book. No, but the friend kind of ties into the themes of him having problems with like sexual uh, uh, you know ideas because the, the but all she, I mean she does this in a weird way but there is things she says or things she asks them that kind of like poke at his being uncomfortable at the subject. There's a, there's a really weird scene where. She isn't supposed to go into his house, but she does it anyway when the parents aren't there. And she, like, they're drinking some of the, the beer that's around or whatever. And she ends up in the freezer, this, like, sort of sitting freezer, and which is presumably where, you know, the dad and mom use for, for bodies, assuming they are actually cannibals. And she's like, Do you want to get in and have some? And he's like, Yeah. And she says, Well, only if you take your shirt off. And she makes him take his shirt off before he gets in. So there's kind of kind of a weird power play and like the idea of like sex being what makes them uncomfortable and the the cannibalism kind of being like a, a a sort of a movie representation of like how you know how horrible he thinks the idea of sex is is, is represented through eating of human flesh. Oh, that's a bad idea. All, all of this is fine conceptually. Sure. I don't have a problem with any of this in terms of like what, what what's going on or what it is. I, I guess I just wish I cared a little bit more about the character and there was more crazy stuff actually happening with the parents to make it a bit more entertaining. Um, totally. You know, because there's a lot of stuff you know, where he follows his dad to work because his dad's like a, a scientist, he's like a chemist, but he does work with dead bodies, which is Brazil where he's, you know, if he is a cannibal is where he's getting his meat. Like, he's kind of, like, sneaking around. So there's a whole sequence where the kid's kind of, like, sneaking around at the tables and stuff and watching his dad do it. But his dad never really does anything, like, that he's not supposed to be doing. Like, he's, he's cutting into the yeah. body, but he's supposed to be doing that for work. So, which I guess ties into the idea of, like, oh, is this just all in the kid's imagination that there's something really bad happening when it's really just what his dad's supposed to be doing? But it doesn't necessarily make for an entertaining scene. <laughs> no, totally. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I hate to kind of, kind of be uh, a downer because I, I don't hate the movie. Uh, sure. I, I, I'm kind of very apathetically amused by it. Does, is, is that a description that makes any sense? Sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get that. Uh, I was confused though because Randy Quaid was in a whole, whole movie and not once was there a farting joke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> from him. He's- He's uh, surprisingly subdued in this, which, uh, which again, I think that's kind of, you know, the appeal of why someone watches because it's like, oh, Randy Quaid, he's crazy. Like, uh, this has got to be like off the walls. And then you watch it, it's like, oh, no, he's doing a, a pretty normal job here. Randy Quaid's a family man in a movie and he's not living in a trailer. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> he's not like gross and, yeah, cracking jokes and being crazy. <laughs> I-, I refuse to accept that Randy Quaid in real life has an actual house. I refuse to accept it. He he, he has a trailer. <laughs> sure. It may be a deluxe trailer that's like really the fanciest trailer you've ever saw, but I, I'm, yeah. I'm willing to bet money it's a trailer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would not take that bet. <laughs> it seems accurate. So I guess we'll give the spoiler warning. We'll talk about, uh, you know, where the movie does go. Uh, and so, because uh, uh, oh, actually, let me thank the patron producers before we before I spoilers. Actually, sure. uh, so thank you to David Sharp, Alison M. Forday, Cindy Palacios, and Tyler Hess. Uh, they're all patrons at a twenty dollar tier or above, but you don't have to do that. Of course, you can sponsor us, uh, or say sponsors. You can be a patron at the one dollar tier uh, and give us one dollar per month, and that gives you a bonus episode of Screams After Midnight exclusive to Patreon every single month. There's a whole back catalogue now of about fifteen or sixteen movies, so you get access to all those for the dollar. 
And at the $5 tier, if you want to go up there, you can, of course, get early access to all the review episodes by one day, and you also get to vote on an episode once per month. So, you know, worth having a look and see if you're interested in helping all the content coming. Also, it helps all the other shows that Mailfuzz TV do, but obviously Screams has has those specific benefits. So go and go and have a look and see if you're interested. Uh, and also make sure to follow us on Twitter at Streams Midnight. All right, so... One of the big things in the movie, the the guidance council's concerned because because uh, Michael's drawn this photo or the photo he's drawn this uh, like sort of he's like scribbled red all over like a photo of his mum and dad and it's like you know crazy kid drawing violent tendencies are going to come out kind of thing and she's she gets told by him that he found body parts in the basement which is a scene that happens at one point in the movie she insists on going to his house. When his parents aren't there, which I thought was weird. Like, why she has a key to his place, I'm not sure. But she takes <laughs> him to, around to show him that there's nothing actually going on. Takes him into the basement. It's like, hey, it's just a rat. Is this, is this what you were scared of? But, of course, they find a dead body, which this is the moment that kind of confirms, no, the, the parents really are killing people and eating them. But this is going on. She hides in the closet. Uh, it's, it's kind of the, uh, you know, the Venetian closet, uh, kind of like Halloween where uh, we don't see who's trying to kill her, we just see like a, a knife coming in through the- I, I almost thought they were going to twist this and say that uh, Michael had actually had a split personality or something and it was him that was trying to kill her. <laughs> there was a part of me throughout the movie that was thinking that, yeah, maybe like there's something wrong with him that he's going to end up you know, being the person uh, doing this stuff, but... Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's pretty clear <laughs> by the end of the movie what's going on. Yeah, you know, they, they, they basically stab her, or they try to stab her. Because I, I did kind of like this scene because she was kind of trying to dodge everything. Bad. Because she yeah. was, I, I like how the knife came through the, 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 the closet and she kind of like, oh shit, there's a knife and she sort of moved to the side. So she was actually yeah. trying to do her best to dodge things and they just kept stabbing <laughs> enough things through that eventually she, she did get stabbed and when she stumbles out, they hit her in the face with a, a golf club. Mm-hmm. And so, but the big thing in the movie is that, uh, of course... The dad, Quaid, he wants to finally like, sort of make his son eat. Because the son keeps re- refusing to eat dinner. He says he's not hungry. Uh, he's been sneaking snacks of his own, you know, making or his own, you know, he's, he's sourced from somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and it, and it's like uh, for dinner, it's always like this meat. that, And it's like always, you know, always like, oh, like eat your meat and stuff. And it's kind of, mm. yeah, I, I guess the point of it is, <clears throat> you know, it doesn't look like a specific type of meat. Like, you know, so that's why, it, you know, kind of is ambiguous and supposed to be like oh is it human or it was making me think actually what do they use for a lot of it like because yeah, obviously it is meat so it comes from something right. <laughs> but they're not using real human meat because it's a this is a hollywood movie damn it <laughs> there's rules and regulations <laughs> so uh, it was making me wonder like what some of this stuff is because at one point they were cutting like uh, slices as if, as if it was a steak uh and i was like i wonder like is that just like a weird part of a cow that we don't usually see <laughs> like you know that's why we don't recognize it as a bit of a cow but i, I don't know it was... yeah they did a, they did do a good job of like making it seem like uh a little mysterious like yeah yeah what is this <laughs> yeah and of course you have the the, the mom's the, the happy 50s housewife like sort of mentality right. the whole time uh and the big thing is you know basically when michael refuses to eat at the end and he instead stabs his father in the shoulder Basically, Randy Quaid gets up and he's like, "Well, we'll just have another child. We'll we'll raise the next one right. Yeah. Uh, we'll just we'll put this one down and we'll eat him and we'll move it to the mountains." Uh, but the mum's too attached, so she stabs him and then she gets killed in the process. He fights back and kills her. He still tries to kill his son, but he ends up you know stumbling into like a gas main or whatever it is, and then eventually he he uh, the, the 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 cellar you know the the, the cellar racks of wine fall on top of him, and he he's in the basement. He's he's dying under all this wine, and 
and champagne or whatever. The the gas mains have sparked, so the, the fire started and, you know, the kid runs off into the night. And the final scene is that he's with his grandparents. And there was a line, actually, uh, when they were trying to make him meet for the last time, where he says, oh, you'll develop a taste for it. And the mum goes, oh, just like I did. Which told me that he probably got this from his parents because she clearly was the one that came into the cannibalism and, yeah. you know, sort of, you know, it grew on her. She had to become accustomed to it. Uh, so when she when he was with his grandparents at the end, I thought to myself, wait, but aren't, aren't these are his parents? Surely this means they're also cannibals. <laughs> uh, and sure enough, the ending is that they, they give him like a a, a bedtime snack. Did, by the way, did you ever have this as a kid where like you'd have like food put out next to your bed in case you got hungry during the night? Oh, not at all. <laughs> yeah, that's just such a movie thing. Like, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure like any doctor in the world would tell you this is a bad idea. Like you oh, you yeah. you want to fast during the, the the night when you're asleep. This is this is a terrible idea. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so it ends in this really ominous shot of the sandwich they've put down next to him, and it's like just this really obscure looking meat <laughs> stacked yeah. in this sandwich. <laughs> it looked really gross. <laughs> yeah. Especially like it'd be one thing if it's like oh. You know, if you get up in the middle of the night, like, here's a cookie or something, but, like, just, like, waking up at, like, two and being, like, oh, meat sandwich, like, oh, just <laughs> no. something about that I don't like. <laughs> yeah, like, like if, you, if you wake up and you, like, maybe go and get, like, a, an apple or something or something that's right. a bit lighter, <laughs> sure, but this is, yeah. Who, who's in the mood for, like, a, like a, what's essentially a steak sandwich when they wake <laughs> up at, like, two in the morning? <laughs> um, so... Anyway, he, that's that's the end of the movie. We we get like a really quirky like uh, title sequence at the end where they're all coming out the front door and waving at the oh, camera yeah, yeah. Uh, as yeah. their names come up. Yeah, yeah. I think like even this like end part here, um, like like it, there's more stuff going on than like earlier in the movie, but it still doesn't like seem like super exciting for me. Like even when the dad dies, it's just kind of like. Yeah, the the wine uh, shelf just falling on him. It doesn't feel like super, like satisfying or anything. It's just like oh, okay, I guess that just happened. Yeah, I th- uh, I think it's one of these. It's, it reminds me of a lot of movies that we do of, of new movies where we'll get these VOD movies and we're kind of like this. This was an alright idea and it's okay, but it's not really like capitalizing yeah. or going far enough with it. What it is, it feels a bit tame, and I think this kind of feels like that to me and. Well, obviously, it does have its fans because some people do recommend it. Hell, one of our viewers recommended it. I feel yeah. like there's a reason why it's not as remembered as a lot of other things. Like, obviously, we're always hoping to find those gems. We're always hoping to yeah. find those movies that we've not discovered yet that are nestled in there from the 80s or the 70s or whatever. And, it, like, I can see why this is for some people. This one clicks just right for them. Maybe the tone just hits them right enough. Uh, for me though i appreciate what it was going for but it, it never i i found myself never really quite invested or engrossed in what was happening yeah no i i totally agree yeah i just i never really felt connected <clears throat> the um yeah like I, I would say the probably like the one good scene would maybe be with that uh guidance counselor or therapist or whoever like that was at least uh uh you know, a little more exciting and maybe it's getting more into that kind of horror, uh, you know, bent that I'd kind of want throughout most of the movie. But yeah, like no, nothing else really, I, I feel like, you know, comes to that. Did you notice uh, who directed it? Uh, Bob Balaban. I'm looking at the name right now. I, I don't and, know who that is, but I will say I giggled at the name because I thought Balaban's a hell of a name. <laughs> and if you click on him i don't know if you might recognize oh, uh, his face but he's like a comedy guy he uh yeah he, i think 
he's been in oh, some of the. Yeah, that's that's good. He he's in a uh, Lost World Jurassic Park. He was in. Uh, it was another movie done the Ace. Uh, he did uh, uh, All States. He was in that. He he's popped up in tons of stuff over the years. Yeah, I, I want to say he's in a. I want to say he was like the president of NBC on Seinfeld. <laughs> it, it was, yeah, no, you're right, yeah. When, when, when they're getting the t- the, the TV yeah. show made, yeah, uh, he was also in Close Encounters. That was the other thing we did on the Ace oh, okay. that he popped up on. So yeah, no, he's he's one of those actors where uh, I didn't recognize him in Close Encounters at first because he had like a lot of hair because he's had kind of the same bald look to him for a long yeah. time. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know the guy. Yeah, I oh, I didn't realize he directed this. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I think he's a really funny guy. Like, I I usually like, uh, you know, he's like a character actor, but I think it, he's a good way he pops up and stuff. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have imagined uh, that he was the director of this movie. <laughs> yeah, he was directing TV episodes up until 2016. So, you know, oh. it's only just recently he's kind of maybe backed away from making stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I didn't know his name, but I, I might remember it now. <laughs> now, now that... Uh, uh, that's popped up it is it is a hell of a name you are right <laughs> yeah yeah and he's still acting his stuff uh he was in a, a tv show called condor uh right now he's, <laughs> okay <laughs> uh last year he was in the politician which was the netflix show that ryan murphy did he's still so he's still interesting he's still doing work uh, uh i'm not seeing him pop up and i'm not really watching anything he's been doing but <laughs> he is doing stuff but good for him yeah honestly i'd have a whole lot more to add about the movie i mean there's some scenes obviously we didn't talk yeah. about like there's a scene where the parents are having like a like a, a poker date with like another with with his boss oh, and, right. and his wife and yeah. there's a whole thing where they're, they're just talking about uh the recipe for the stuff they're making and it's kind of implying that this set of parents are also kind of weird but in different ways like they're not cannibals but they've got their own quirks or whatever yeah and that's why the daughter to this is the daughter that he's you know the kids befriended because uh, they're hanging out in the other room or whatever when this is all going on. I thought she was going to play more into it more by the end. I don't know. It felt weird to me that she kind of just disappeared uh, yeah. for the last chunk of the movie. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like other than that scene where they're kind of running around and chasing each other, and then <laughs> she doesn't take off his shirt. Like, yeah, like other than that, she didn't really have much of a part <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. Um, and then from that comes like Quaid's like, ah, oh, I never want you seeing that girl again. You're, you're now yeah. barred from seeing her again. But it's, not, it's not a bad movie. It's, it's just. I I don't think it uh, goes far enough with what it's doing to to really be that engaging, unfortunately. Sure, um, <clears throat> and like I, I feel like you know the uh, uh you know like in the uh, there was like a I feel like a weird thing in the '90s where there was a lot of um uh you know like stuff uh kind of like making fun or mocking like the '50s uh. Which I mean, I guess it just happens like every other generation, like when people grow up and they make fun of the stuff uh, that was around when they were young. But I feel like there's other movies that kind of do this idea better um, of like the. Yeah, like the kind of, you know, squeaky clean sitcom kind of life, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, secretly bad or dirty and all this repression leads to, you know, violence and stuff. Um, but and I, I think it's probably like better examples uh that stuff you can find i do i do want to point out though there's a couple of interesting directing touches there's a scene actually where they've sat they sat him down towards the end at the table to like you know talk to him about where he like well you know why he did something and the table's spinning uh it's like they're on like a, a turntable and the entire table with them on it is uh, so not just the table but the table and the floor around it is spinning so you can see them spinning independently from the background so 
Uh, it's this sort of surreal moment because obviously it shouldn't be spinning. There's no reason why it should be spinning. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's like they're on a little carousel or something uh, going around uh, and the table spinning with them. And uh, So there's, there's little directorial touches like that to sort of give it this quirky idea, which makes you sort of like second guess, like, you know, is this just all in the kid's head? Like, is this just, you know, like... So there's, there's little things like that. There's little touches like that in the in the filmmaking, which I do appreciate. Uh, but unfortunately, I, I never really grew all that engaged with it, so. Yeah. Hey-ho. Yeah, yeah kind of the same way. Like, I, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say, like, oh, this is, like, a shitty movie. Like, you shouldn't check it out. It's like, there's definitely stuff uh, to, you know, commend it on. But it just, for me personally, it really doesn't do much. Yeah. Although your opening sentence was you hated this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would say I don't I I I personally don't like it, but like it's not uh like I, I can hate stuff but recognize that it's not bad, you know what I mean? Like sure. saying like, Oh, I I hated it because it's poorly made or the acting's bad, like it's you know, like I, I, I personally yeah would say that I don't like it. <laughs> Maybe hate's a little a little strong, but sure. Yeah. Not for me. All right. Okay. Cool. Uh, I guess that is that is, is our thoughts on it. We should rate the movie. Tim, what are you going to yep. rate? Parents? <clears throat> uh, I'm not going to give it a horrible score, but uh, I think I'm going to give it a four, which is, uh, you know, not good, <laughs> but, um, it, you know, it's not as low as, like, some of the movies we really trash. Uh, but, you know, I'll... I'm not going to go too low though, because it's like the, you know, the performances are still good and there are you know, decent enough ideas and, and stuff that is um, commendable in it. But yeah, just uh, again, it's just not really my bag. And um, I think the, the worst part for me is it just ends up being a little too boring. Uh, like I just kind of feel a little zoned out uh, while watching it. I'm going to, uh, for me, this is a movie that is the definition of a 5.5. It is a movie mm-hmm. where, it's pretty much down the middle, but there's enough there for me to say, no, it's, it's kind of on the more positive side of it. Of it. You know, they're trying, they're doing their best, they've got a visual, they've got an idea, they've got a, got a cast, they've got all these things. Uh, your cat's looking very creepy with the blue light hitting his face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for me, this is a 5.5, just, just above, because I was going to go with a 5 and go straight down the middle, but I think there's just enough little things to say, no, it's, it's got a little bit more than that, so I'm going to go with that, but... I mean, all, sometimes though, a 5.5 is much worse than like a 3, because at least a 3 I can get angry about. I'm not angry about this movie. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, it's, it's a movie that I'm I'm going to probably forget quite largely. Uh, and yeah. I'll be honest, I finished watching this like 10 minutes before we started recording today, and I'm already kind of like starting to lose <laughs> chunks of the movie in my mind. So, yeah, uh, the same. there you go. Uh, that is Parents. So you can let us know what you thought of the movie in the comments below. It is on Amazon Prime uh, at the time of recording, at least if you want to check it out for yourself. Uh, but you can let us know in the comments. You can like, subscribe, all that stuff. We mentioned Patreon earlier, so you can do that. You can also support us by uh, rating the podcast and giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, ding the bell on YouTube for notifications, all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, go, go, go and have a look and see if you want to support us in all these different ways. Uh, check out all the content we have. I mentioned the Sci-Fi Movie Podcast, the Atomic Cinema Experiment. Well, let's checking that out. Uh, and of course check out some of the other stuff we have like uh normally we have a dc comics podcast called comics from the multiverse <laughs> right now that's been replaced with quarantine in the multiverse which is more of a catch-all just catch-up podcast because there's no new comic books right now but uh <laughs> so maybe that's also worth having a look at if you're interested in seeing me uh connor and matt uh chatting about stuff but uh that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching scary movies guys and we will see you next time.